25 uh wednesday good job good job we made it here again um you're here in a little bit guys you're about 10 it's about seven minutes i'm supposed to be on with this uh marijuana expert he was on paul checks pod and yeah he's a marijuana expert he we'll knows. see if he doesn't cap yeah exactly we'll see if he fucking shows up he should show up. He, he sounded excited when I Zoom called him early, like last week, and he sounded excited. So it'll be good. It'll be good for our listeners and the people that are just fucking stuck on weed. But now, after listening to his pod, it's like, God damn, it's just most weeds grown like shit. But we'll we'll wait for him to get get into that a little bit more. Um, woke up this morning. I always like to put on a morning coffee playlist or a morning. Nice morning playlist. This morning I put on a little bit of George Strait, a little country music. You like you like any country music, Dal? Yeah, I do. do you really? Um, his mic's not up. You like country music, huh? Yeah, I do. What kind? <laughs> I have a whole playlist. I listen to like George Strait, Brad, uh, Brad Paisley. Do you really? Yeah. That's when you're getting what, you're getting in your feels a little bit. Loki a little bit. I fucking George Strait, dude, is good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I like him. I didn't know that. You ever you got a cowboy hat? Would you ever wear one? No, I don't know. Maybe. Depends. Depends where we were going. Yeah, if we're going to Texas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I got to see Dal in a cowboy hat. Um, Other than that, fucking training's been really good after that bullshit sickness. Tra- training jiu-jitsu every day, a couple hours a day, in the gi, in the no-gi. Um, last week, there, there was four black belts on the mats. But consistently training has been feeling good. And when I consistently train, I consistently start eating better, eating clean, and I just feel fucking better, top to bottom. I'm back on my smoke smoke because I took about 15 days off of smoking. Um, not back on your TRT? Oh, God, dude. I would love to get <laughs> me on some fucking TRT. I don't know. I'm trying to think. what, what what's, the, what's the age I'm going to be going to that doctor's office and say, let's juice me up, baby. I know. I was 30. talking to one of my friends yesterday. He said he's on it. He said it's fire. He's like my age. He's like 27, 26. Really? Yeah. He's on what, it. What did he say about it? He said he just feels good as fuck. Fuck. He's, I want to do it. Yeah. Do it. Get juiced up. Um, yeah. Getting fucking juiced up. Because the thing about getting juiced up is. Just, I don't think it's going to, you still got to stay consistent on all your habits. Oh, yeah. You still got to eat good. You still got to work hard in the gym, but I think you probably you recover a little quicker, recover a little quicker. And then though, if I have that testosterone dude and my test is higher than it already is, I'm always, always got an issue with being horned up for puss. Imagine when the testosterone levels double, then what happens? That fucking, that's the end of me right there. <laughs> Yeah, so 
yeah, habit's been good. Smoke, smoke's been good. I haven't g- got back to the bong or any joints or anything. Just the fucking vaporizer bag. And I'm curious to talk to this guy more about the the vaporizer bags too, and how much better they are for your health. Um, what we've been watching, we've been watching this show on uh, Hulu called Joe Millionaire. It's a good show, reality show. I think the girls expected to go on a Bachelor. They got there, one guy came out, and then another guy came out. So now it's a competition between two of the guys. And one of the guys is worth $10 million, and the other guy isn't. And the girls, and the girls in their little games, they try to they try to find out. They try to find out. They want the fucking millionaire guy. But they don't tell him. That Bachelor show, the Bachelor show is a little weird. It's like, okay, they're on this show for six weeks. And you think it's fake, Jay? Bachelor ain't fake, champ. <laughs> I just don't find these shows entertaining. I uh, the reason I find them entertaining because I like watching the. You pe- like the juice, the people, the, the way the way they that. act, the way they act, the way they fucking communicate, the way they just like go off off the handle. But I like wa- watching that kind of shit. Like almost like observing them, like how yeah, they, how they act and shit. Yeah. Judging them's fun. Yeah, but uh. With The Bachelor, they're hanging out for six weeks, a group of girls. And then at the end of the show, he proposes to them to get married. This is an old show, isn't it? That's not the, That's not this one. Oh, it's not. It's like, do they have new seasons now? Or what? This is not it? Joe Millionaire show? I thought it was called Joe Millionaire. 2021, maybe? Hulu or something. 2021. Is it like Yeah, that's one? it. That's oh, it. Okay. That's the boys. But, dude, The Bachelor's <laughs> so fucking cheesy. They're literally... Six weeks hanging out with the girls, so they probably get a total a total of maybe six, seven hours, maybe a little bit more, and then they propose to him at the end and just find that fucking true love. But these girls play it good. Like, I was telling Mariah, I was like, if these girls saw this guy at a bar, they wouldn't be having this kind of interaction. The reason they're, they're acting just so perfect and so sexy and just being Miss Perfect because they know the game they're playing and they know their clout's going to go way the fuck up if they go far in the show. Um, so they just play the game perfect. I wonder how many Bachelor contestants are still together to this day. I bet not that many. Yeah, on the on the Joe Millionaire one, there's some hot fucking girls. That girl, she's got a, a, a baby, and she's she's got some drama with her baby daddy. So that brings up some issues. Damn. Um, pretty good show though. I like the I like the Bachelor and then and then this one because it's packed with fucking hot chicks. The Bachelorette's kind of dumb. I don't know, maybe it's not dumb, but <laughs> it's just not as many chicks. Um, it's about to be I think eleven here. What a oh here 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 he just oh, messaged me. Yes, sir. I'll be on in two seconds. Yeah, we got some more juice to cover too about uh some MMA news and and some other shit. But uh we'll talk to here Ryan Sprague first. Ryan Sprague, like I said, I heard him on Paul Checks. Sounded like a super smart guy, super interesting guy, so we'll try to if if you have family members that are against weed. Or people that are just fucking stubborn towards it. This might be a good pod for them to listen to. We'll see here, though. Jam to your cheese this morning, Dal. Hey, hey, hey. hey, what's up, Ryan? What's up? Let me get my camera on here real quick. What's up, dude? How are you guys? 
doing good. Did a little cold plunge this morning. Had a, a nice little bulletproof coffee. Feeling uh feeling charged up, ready to go. How you feeling? Fantastic, man. I just got off a uh, couple coaching calls, making myself a nice bag here out of the volcano and uh, ready to rock, man. Nice. Double bag, brothers. Dude, yes, man. We'll what, have bags in each other's honors. You know? What'd you put in your bag? So I have some uh, organic tobacco that uh, Paul Check recommended, and I mix it with um, right now I'm using some herbs from grandfather spirit um i have a bunch of different kinds but i'm using one called soul awakener and one called blueberry patch and i put those together and it's fan flip fantastic dude i've went through a handful and i was googling it i went through a, to a handful of stores looking for like organic tobacco but every time i say that they seem almost like confused on what i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah the only one that is labeled as organic tobacco is nature's uh is it nature's spirit or something or american spirit yes and uh i can tell you having tried it uh there's something up with that stuff the only one i know of um and they don't list it as organic but i obviously always trust what paul says <laughs> is um in san diego in old town there's a old town tobacconist which is like a tobacco museum called racing and Laramie, and um that one has really high quality tobacco so i have buddies ship it in for me when i'm not there <laughs> i just had a buddy ship me four four um six ounce bags of it hell yeah so you just you just grind it up and then you add it to your weed yeah i don't even have to grind it up it's like already it's it's called cigarette shag so it's like in the in the texture pretty much ground up cannabis already it's a little bit longer strands but yeah it works perfectly and i combine it with cannabis i combine it with a lot of different stuff yeah, because for the longest time, I, I, every time I heard tobacco, I'd think of something negative Till I started hearing Paul talk about it. And I took his healing herb course, too. And he was talking about when he likes to get shit done, he likes to do tobacco, tobacco, and then maybe 20% marijuana in his volcano, vape it up. So is there some good benefits to good quality organic tobacco? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially... You know, tobacco is a very masculine plant. So, you know, just like you were saying, when I want to get stuff done, when I want to stay focused, because I am, I am very eccentric. Like I, you know, this is why I love cannabis so much, because it really accentuates my eccentricness, where my mind just likes to go wild and get into a bunch of stuff. And then time doesn't exist, right? And you can see the challenges that present themselves when you have a schedule and you have a business and things like that. So for me, when I'm working, I'll put uh, tobacco with some other herbs in there. And uh, my Soul Awakener blend has like Gotu Cola, Yerba Mate in there. So I'm inhaling that and it's a very fast onset. And so I'll combine that with some cacao and the cacao will open my heart and the tobacco will center me directly into what I'm doing so that I have a laser focus. And it is a slippery slope, right? Like you can interact with too much tobacco. And of course, you know, nicotine is addictive, but also you can get almost too grounded. Like that's the fine line I've figured out over the last year of experimenting with tobacco again after 10 years of not touching it at all was that, you know, oh, if I do too much, I almost feel asleep, right? It's almost like an indica feeling a little bit, but without all the euphoria attached to it. It's just like a blank indica feeling. And so I've been figuring out like, okay, I put about 20% tobacco in and then 80% different herb blends. And that allows me to get my stuff done while still feeling that excitement and euphoria for life as a whole. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, and, and ever since I found out you can do, you can vaporize teas, and then teas and weed, and then you get the same benefits from teas as you do drinking it. If you were smoking it, I was, I was like, damn, I, I couldn't wait to get a volcano. And now we have a couple volcanoes, and they're they're pretty awesome. But for you, different highs. Like, what is your favorite 
high because obviously there's vaporizer, like a good vaporizer, a bong, a joint, a dab. What, 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 what is, what's your favorite? Great question, man. You know, I've gone through my phases, uh, pretty much everyone from blunts to pipes, to bongs, to, you know, dabs. I was huge on concentrates back when I worked in the industry. And then I, you know, I think uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I went over my, um, I, I went through my two month tolerance break, right. Where I came back from Vegas and I went through a mystical experience out there with uh, MDMA, where I realized that I was interacting with cannabis unconsciously took a big break and honestly had a big identity crisis because my whole life at that point was cannabis. Like literally I eat, breathe and sleep cannabis. I worked in the industry, you know, I did consulting for different people's grow ops. And so, you know, I started to be like, well, who is this new version of me? And at the same time, I started to realize that like, oh, well, whatever version of this that I am turning into, I like this. And so around that time, I started hanging out and getting into the world of coaching. And when I went to uh, my buddy Mark England's lake house meetup, uh, my buddy Danny Rios brought a volcano. And I was like, this is weird. I haven't seen one of these in years. And at this point, I was vaporizing through handheld vaporizers and things like that. And I found them really beneficial because as someone who's into fitness and everything. I wanted to make sure like, Hey, I'm not messing up my PRs, you know, and those kind of things. So, you know, I'd already been in the realm of vaporizing, but once I got reconnected to the volcano, I never looked back. And it was funny because I'd had one on my shelf for 10 years that my uncle gave me because he didn't like it when he bought it. And so I dug it back out and literally I traveled with the thing. I, it, that's the only thing I use now is I just love it. And, you know, there are some people that say that like, oh, vaporizing gives you almost like the outer edges of the cannabis experience to use cannabis, for example, whereas smoking gives you that to use cannabis terms, full spectrum high. Personally, for me, I don't feel that that could be just a me thing, but I really prefer the high coming from vaporizing. It feels more clear headed. It feels more lively. And to me, it feels much more like cannabis was meant to feel now, whatever that meant to feel thing is could just be a me subjective thing, but I do like the feeling a lot more now that I vaporize. Dude. Yeah, for sure. There's something about taking when you really want to shut your brain off, taking a bong rip or something and you just go boom. But with the volcano, you're right. It is like a clear high. I feel like it is what marijuana is meant to be used for but i have a lot of friends friends and even family members that are like growers and do all this stuff but like i said they wake up they wake up first thing big rip and then all day all day all night what what do you think are the negatives of that this is my favorite area to get into my favorite arena because i've gone through this and so and i've also worked with you know, over 9,000 patients that dealt with very similar issues. And so this is when we start getting into the realm of, you know, this whole idea that cannabis is addictive. And I say that in quotations, right? Because, you know, there's one way to look at it where, yes, you can externalize your personal power and think that you have no power over this plan and that cannabis is addictive and, you know, this kind of thing. But for me, especially as a coach, I start to go deeper. And it's kind of like, I always relate it to how, you know, society says we have a loneliness epidemic. But really, loneliness is just the result of a deeper challenge, which is the inability to connect right to yourself, to those around you and to the world at large. And so with cannabis, it's not that cannabis is addictive. It's not for the, that for these people, they're waking up and they're like, I just I need cannabis because I'm, I'm literally going to die if I don't. It's that they're feeling some feeling of discomfort and the feelings of comfort that cannabis bring on. Those are addictive, especially if you're working through trauma, if you're working through challenges in your life, because cannabis is a feminine medicine. And so especially for men, I see this happening a lot where they're externalizing their feminine energy onto the plant. 
they don't have an ability to access their heart, their feminine side, whatever you want to call it themselves, their creative side, their side of inspiration. So they're outsourcing it to the plant. And so over time, they become more and more dependent because they're doing a lot of stuff. Their schedules are full and they need that almost recognition ritual in the morning and the night, whatever, to enter that feminine side of themselves where they can pull creative things, where they can be a better coach, where they can figure out, you know, new things to do in business, these types of things that have become essentially their identity, right? If someone is the identity of the visionary in the business and they wake up and they're stressed about that, you know, they're going to interact with cannabis to feel a feeling of comfort of being in the visionary role once again. And so this applies to really anything, whether you're an employee, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a martial artist, I mean, anything, you know, can become addictive or cannabis can become addictive because of the feelings of comfort it brings on. Yeah. Even, even someone like who's say, however old and they don't even really have a, a passion or a job but they just they just wake up and just smoke to go into this place that just mask all their feelings um yeah it, it's a crazy thing and and not even that but most of the weed people are probably smoking is probably just packed with pesticides and shit like what kind of thing should should our average person look for in getting good marijuana yeah. And, you know, you said it perfectly, like, you know, no matter what you're doing and and this is the, what I've worked with and what I do in coaching now is, you know, specifically with cannabis, I ask people like, you know, when you wake up and let's use this for an example, and you go to touch that bong, like what's going through your heart, right? What's going through your head specifically? And they'll come up and be like, yeah, I'm terrified of what I got to do that day. It's like, okay, cool. Have you sat into that? And so we revert back to, you know, this, this, this pattern of a protector, right? Cannabis becomes this protector. But, you know, you can work through that and you can find like a power couple dynamic with cannabis. And that's what, you know, of course I do and connect with cannabis, but with regards to what to look for when you interact with cannabis, I'll go kind of from quantitative to qualitative. And what I mean by that is quantitatively, you want to look for no pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, redenticides. You want to look for testing results. Um, you know, ideally, if you want like the best experience, you know, of course, don't have any, you know, fillers in it of like pesticides and all the things I mentioned. But you also want to go to, if you're in a legal state, you want to go to a dispensary that offers terpene content, um, you know, uh, explanations because cannabinoid content on its own will tell you like, yes, okay, that's how fast it's going to go. Like if it's, if it's very high THC, like, yes, you're going to feel a very strong effect, but in what direction, right? So without knowing what direction you're kind of getting in a car that you don't know where it's going and you're hitting the gas full throttle. Right. And so you know, again, the whole indica sativa hybrid thing is kind of outplayed because everything is now hybridized. Now on the more qualitative side, which is something that no one I've heard, I've heard no one talk about this. And this is something I talked about with Paul is that you want to figure out, you know, not only how your grower is growing it, like, are they growing with chemical salt nutrients? Because, you know, in the industry, you know, they'll test, uh, you know, plants and, and, and final product. And they'll say, Oh, there's no, you know, there's no chemicals in there. So it's, it's fine. Right. But at the same time, you know, human beings can interact with steroids and look amazing, but what do steroids do over time to the human body, right? They break it down and they lead to a whole host of issues. And so no one's really looking into this whole, like how people grow cannabis and which is why I'm such a big proponent of organic ground cannabis. It's not because I'm just addicted to the identity of someone who only smokes organic cannabis. It's because I know the, the, the signature that's put into chemical salt weed, it's very electrifying. It's very harsh. And the other thing that's even deeper on the qualitative side is what is the energy of the grower who's growing it, right? Are they going to work every day if they're in a dispensary? 
stressed out of how they're going to pay bills, right? Do they really care about the plant? Are they only worried about money? Because when a cultivator cultivates a plant and then someone else interacts with that plant they've grown, they are going to be interacting with the level of consciousness that that grower is at. So if you use David Hawkins scale that he uses power versus force of consciousness, if someone is say, you know, way down in the level of like 20 to 50, which is like guilt, apathy, shame, and they're interacting with cannabis and growing it, the person who interacts with that is going to have to break through that barrier, right? Is going to have to deal with a lot of that consciousness, which is why I always say that cultivation is literally a metaphor for self-development because in order to really grow a plant, like beautifully, what do you have to do? You have to give it sunlight, right? Or a high quality source of light. And if you're growing inside, we can get into the rabbit hole of applying biogeometry to your grow rooms to balance out the uh, energy and the EMFs. But you know, you're gonna have to give it clean water. You have to give it clean food. You're gonna have to go out and talk to it, right? It's, it's a process, right? And it's, it's delayed gratification so that if someone grows the plant the right way and they're not trying to speed it up with chemical salts or any of these, you know, bloom boosters or anything like this, if they're patient with the plant, their level of consciousness that gets put into that plant is going to be one that's more calm and centered. And then whoever interacts with that plant is going to feel the effects of that, the energy and the work that person put into themselves in cultivating that plant, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And that's, that's freaking awesome because you hear a lot of people too that like, oh man, they smoked weed once and I hate weed. It just makes me anxious and makes me, gives me a lot of anxiety. I'm like, well, first of all, if you want to drink some alcohol, you don't just chug a fucking 12 pack and then be like, oh, I don't like alcohol. Like, first of all, the dose, but then when people say that marijuana gives them anxiety, I'm always thinking, I'm like, damn, you're maybe you smoked some weeds that was just blasted with pesticides or grown by some depressed person. Uh, I, I don't know how much you, you heard of me talking about though, when someone first starts smoking weed and they get anxiety and they get all this stuff, like how much of it has to do with a bunch of pesticides and grown by a depressed person under, under fake, fake lights, but in, in dispensaries now do, is it required for them to put on, on the label, like no pesticides, no herbicides? Is it required? Yes. In, in most states. Now, again, I'll speak to Massachusetts because we have, we have some pretty good testing here. Um, and I know that that's like a big thing, but let me just tell you something that happened in the industry here. So you might remember a couple of years ago, um, the whole kind of crisis that happened with the vaporizer cartridges. I don't know if you remember that where like people were like getting this really bad lung disease from uh, certain constituents that were going into black market illegal cartridges, right? Well, the thing was, is that when that happened, Massachusetts took it really seriously. And when they were like, we're not even going to sell any legal ones that have been tested, right? We're going to like, like really figure this out. And all of us were kind of like, well, if they're legal, they shouldn't have any of these fillers in there that are, you know, from the black market. And so they ended up retesting all of our cartridges, but for like an expanded test, right? They added in a bunch of new things and they were finding that even these cartridges that were made, you know, professionally that, you know, did test negative for all of the original things were actually leaching metals into, into the car, like from the cartridges into the actual medicine. And so as people were heating it up, they were leaching a lot of these other things into the actual medicine. And so you know, even though they, you know, in terms of growing, yes, there's no pesticides, fungicides, et cetera. You know, there's so much more of the spectrum that we might not have even figured out yet. And that I think the real next thing is going to be chemical salt nutrients, right? Because again, these are very common in the industry. I, I would say, I mean, 90 to 95% and probably even more than that of legal cultivation operations are using chemical salt nutrients and they're doing all the quote unquote right things. They're, they're, 
flushing, you know, they're doing all the things, but what is the energetic signature of putting like essentially food that's in salt form into your plant, right? It's like, who knows what that's actually doing to the, to the vibrational energy of the human being, because most of what we think about with the human being is very logical. We don't think about ourselves as vibrational beings. We don't think about any of this stuff. Yet at the same time, there is actual science out there in biogeometry and whatnot to speak to the effects of EMFs, the effects of, you know, different quality, you know, foods and things like that in the human body. So I think that's one of the areas we're going to see really ramp up in the next 10 years. Yeah, especially with all these, these big, big money makers probably going to take it over. They just don't give a shit. Just get it out, get it out, get, get it out in pounds. Yeah. Oh. I, you know, I call those the Chads and Brads, you know, or the Chad in laws, you know, where it's like, you know, they ran from cannabis their whole life. They didn't inhale in high school and they were in finance or real estate two years ago. And then this was projected to be the industry they'd made money in next. And so here they are. That's oh. the energy. You know, I like what you said the, the, the other day when we were talking about having a, every time you smoke, kind of having a, having an intention and how do you go about doing that? Yeah. Great question. You know, so the idea of intention is a, is a hot topic right now. And it's really like, you know, it's funny how these, these, these new hot topics, you know, coaching, uh, you know, intention presence, right. Any of these things are, you know, so new age, quote unquote, but actually they're the most simple and most like human nature, uh, you know, things out there. And so a, a lot of what I see with intention now is people taking it really seriously where they're like. I want to become an infinite star seed in the nebula galaxy, right? And they almost make it like not fun. Mm -hmm. What I tell people with intention is intention can be as simple as I'm going to hit this bag and I'm like, after this bag, I'm going to be happy. And I hit that bag, right? If you're with some friends and you're all passing around a joint, it's like, we're all going to be more connected at the end of this joint. You just put a, like, you're essentially spelling, right? You're, you're articulating something and words have power, right? With my word, I create, that's what abracadabra actually translates to from Aramaic, um, you know, language. And so, you know, as you're speaking that into existence, you are creating your own reality based around that. And it's one of the areas that I find people get the biggest, like early ROI when I start talking about cannabis, the way that I speak about it, because I know a lot of the stuff is like kind of out there, right? Like I, if, if you had told me I'd be talking about this 10 years ago, I would have never believed you, but, but here I am. Right. And so, you know, for anyone listening, the next time you go to hit a joint, literally put a simple intention on it. Like I'm going to feel excited after this, right? I'm going to feel, you know, passionate about the important work I'm doing in the world. I'm going to feel creative. I'm going to feel more loving to my partner. Do anything that kind of meets you where you're at, right? If you are someone who's advanced spiritually, yeah, try an advanced one, right? You know, talk about accessing the Akashic record or something like that. But really just a simple one of like, I'm going to be happy at the end of this. I'm going to figure out a, a solution to the challenge I'm currently facing after I interact with this and start having cannabis because what you're doing is that cannabis is a feminine medicine, like I talked about. So it's, it's all creativity and planning, but no action. We as the human being in the equation have to act as the masculine role, whether we're female or male to give that intent, that direction. So cannabis goes, Oh, that's what you want. Yeah. I'll help you get there. Right now. The process of you getting there might look very different than what you imagine. Mm -hmm. I'll give an example. So, um, I was, I was with a buddy of mine and we were, uh, about to go play a game of Frisbee in the yard. It was like four or five of us. And this was in the summer when it was not 10 that we're going to enter some cannabis first. So I pack us a bowl and we're going to hit the bag and I go, Hey, make an intention. What's your intention? 
And he's like, Hey man, you know, his dad was going through some cancer and just a lot of heaviness he was carrying. He's like, I just want to let it all go, man. I want to let it go. I want to have a good day. Right. And so the rest of us make our intentions. We go outside, we hit about two bags worth of cannabis. We go outside. We're all sitting down, kind of like looking a certain way. And I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, he's like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm feel weird. And I was like, all right, let me know how you're feeling in a couple minutes. A couple minutes later, I come back. He's like sheet white and he's starting to sweat. And he's like, dude, I don't know. I don't feel good. Something's like going wrong. And then he just bursts out sobbing, right? Like in front of a bunch, like, like not in the situation that he thought that was going to happen in, but he let it all go. Right. And at the end of it, you know, I help, I coach him a little bit through it. And at the end I go, Hey, what was your intention? And like the smile that lit up on his face. And he was like, Oh my God, that's the potential. So that's what I mean, where, you know, the intention you put, that's the goal, but it's not the process of how you get there. So surrender to the process of how cannabis helps you get there or whatever you're doing, the water you're eating, the food, I mean, the, the water you're drinking, the food you're eating, whatever you're interacting with, surrender to how it gets you there, but have the goal in mind. That's what intention is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's real uh, good stuff. And I think it's important, important for people to hear because I have my diet pretty well in line and I, and I, I work out a lot. So every time I smoke, I automatically, automatically when my high hits me, I, I start being grateful for all the small things around me. Um, but I don't think everyone has that dialed in. I think if you're eating like shit, you're not exercising and you're just fucking taking those rips to the dome. I just don't think it's beneficial. It's numbing. Um, yeah, numbing. One thing you said, cause we've been exploring a little bit with some quality MDMA, but more in like party settings, not a ton, but here and there a couple times a year. But you were talking about the other day of MDMA and then doing some breath work on it. Yes. So, uh, MDMA is, you know, of course now we can, we can talk with a little more confidence because the phase three trials are out and they're getting ridiculous results. And it's no longer just considered this, you know, party quote unquote drug, but, but it is really fun at parties. Right. And, you know, I've had my fair share of festival experiences and things like that and had incredibly life-changing experiences. I mean, I talked about the one in Vegas of all places where I started my whole business pretty much from that experience. But, you know, when I started interacting with MDMA and more of a, um, you know, with other coaches and people that had a lot of, you know, tools in their tool belt and fun things, I remember the first time it actually started with LSD where I tried breathwork on LSD, where um, I was at a retreat and um, a facilitator, you know, uh, uh, led a journey of LSD. And, and so I did a cannabis ceremony within that, right? This is one of the things I do in my program. And so I led everyone through some music and somatic, somatic release with cannabis. And at the end, you know, I was like, hey, we're all feeling so connected. Everyone was, you know, really feeling good. And I was like, let's hold hands. Let's do a couple ohms, a quick Paul check exercise. Let's get harmonized to each other's energy. Let's rock around and breath work, see what happens. And at this point, I had no idea what was going to happen. So we rock around and breath work. And I'm talking quick in through the nose, out through the mouth, 10 very fast, deep breaths with a hold and squeeze at the end. All of us blasted off so hard that it was literally farther than I had gone on DMT or anything I'd been on. And we came back into our bodies all at the same time. And all of us looked at each other and then hysterically started laughing, had no idea what was going on. And so I realized there, I'm like, okay, there's something with breath work. Now, what I imagine is happening is that, you know, um, uh, things such as, you know, the, the endogenous DMT that's released when you're doing breath work are combining with, in that case, LSD in other cases, MDMA, the DMT that's released with psilocybin, et cetera. And they're, um, they're potentiating it essentially. And so, uh, a couple months later, 
I had my first go around with uh, MDMA at like a house party where I was with a bunch of my coaching buddies and I took my business partner into the other room after the facilitator had given us our, our dose. And, and I was like, Hey man, do you got to try something with me right now? And so we're just starting to come up and I rock around a breath work with him. And legitimately it was like, I can't even, I can't put it into words what happened, but it was like, my soul immediately was like, uh Oh, he figured out that button. Like there was like this, like, hysterical childlike laughter, almost like I had opened my Christmas presents before Christmas morning, where like my whole body, when I, as soon as I blasted off, everything turned into like a full body orgasm. That's the only way I can think about it. And my, my buddy, Alex, he literally like, he's a jujitsu guy. So you'll understand this. He did the perfect, we were sitting down and crisscross applesauce. He like rolled back perfectly finding his fascia lines, rolled back up and was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like it was absolutely incredible. And so you know, again, this is a medical advice, but breath work and, uh, you know, plant medicines can be very profound. Uh, just be careful because with psilocybin, I've found it's almost too much. Uh, like I legitimately whited out one time and like, like I felt like I control out deleted my whole entire life and then came back in roughly three to five seconds later. And, um, very similar to five MEO DMT. If you've experienced that before. So yeah, definitely take some caution, sit down, lay down, <laughs> but yeah, it's the interesting thing. I think on our Zoom, we haven't upgraded it yet. So I think we have three more minutes, but I don't want it to just shut off. I don't think it'll just shut off, will it? Hard to, Hard to it say. It might. It might. If it does, we can just restart a meeting, you know? Okay, sweet. Yeah, Um. I wanted to let the listeners know too, because you have a, a marijuana course, right? Yes, yes. Which is a big thing. And, and you, what all comes with the course? Yeah. So the course is called Connect with Cannabis. It's a 10 week certification program where essentially like the ways in which I've been talking about cannabis with intention and all of these things, you can learn to do that both for yourself and for those you serve, right? Because who we see going through our program are coaches, facilitators, healers, nurses, people that are of service, doctors, um, you know, people that are, you know, in the realm of, you know, some type of healthcare, whether physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. And uh, they're looking to interact with plant medicines. Yet, you know, right now, legality has it that, you know, cannabis is really the least stigmatized, the most available. And it's really like the, the, the one that requires the least amount of time to have a positive experience with. You know, ayahuasca is fantastic, but you got to go to a jungle. You got to figure out, you know, how you're going to do that. You got to pay for that. Cannabis you can do in your living room. And so it's a gigantic industry and $98.6 billion industry right now. And yet there's no guidance, right? Like I know, cause I came from the industry. Like there's, there's no one telling people how to interact with this or what this medicine actually does. And so basically what the program is, is it's a 10 week program where you're going to learn eight different ways to include cannabis into varying modalities from, you know, somatic release from musical therapy, from communication styles, like nonviolent communication, from inner awareness, journaling exercises to creating a ceremony out of every aspect of your life, taking dietas each week from cannabis to prolong the transcendental properties. We also have all of the science in there too, of everything about how cannabis works with everything from the endocannabinoid system to the CB1 and CB2 receptors to how cannabis interplays into the nervous system, how cannabis helps you play, how cannabis helps you foster deeper connection, how you can have better sex with cannabis. I mean, we literally opened up a can of worms with this program and we've been having so much fun with it. So yeah, it's a 10 week certification program. Um, you'll be hopping on live when you sign up 
for a group coaching call every week where the whole group comes together and we talk about our experiences from that week's modules. It's so much fun. We have the best homework on the internet. I'll go down saying that. <laughs> people, people, w w uh, Sugar and I haven't tried your 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 uh, weed yet, but we freaking can't wait to because Paul raves about it. But yeah. people can have direct access to you on asking on uh, grow grow information. Um, yeah. You, you yeah. in the course will you teach them to grow or? Yeah. So so this course connect with cannabis is more based on like practitioner training, right? So how to work with cannabis as a spiritual aid and ally, both for yourself to do your own inner awareness and dialogue with, but also to do that with other people. The course we're coming out with, uh, which is called grow with cannabis is going to be everything to do with grow. That being said, you know, if you're in the program, you have access to me 24 seven, at least when I'm sleeping or except when I'm sleeping. Uh, but you know, you can ask me grow questions. I love doing that. I offer grow consultations. So if anyone listening is like, Hey, I'm curious about how to learn how to cultivate organic medicine, reach out. I have a link on my link tree, um, that you can book a call with me and we can kind of figure out what your goals are and then figure out, you know, if, if, if you need my help at this point, or if like, Hey, you got some things set up and I'll help you with that. And then when you're ready and you get set up, you can reach out to me, but you know, really that's my passion is, you know, educating uh, cannabis, you know, because it's the most misunderstood plant medicine there is, right. There's there's it's the most widely used and the most misunderstood. So I've been having a ball doing it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, and definitely if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I would definitely jump on a course or something like that to where I can I can be into something to guarantee if if you know how to grow marijuana and you're super um into uh, you know a lot about it, you're going to have work. No, no matter what, yes. you're going to have work anywhere. But yes. um so what about da dabs? Are dabs a healthy way to smoke? So, you know, this is a little bit of a rabbit hole because I would say yes and no, right? So always the context matters. Like, you know, me as a practitioner for cannabis, I always ask like, what is the reason you're looking for something that potent, right? Is it because your tolerance is too high? Maybe you need a break for a little while. Maybe it's just like, hey, I just really enjoy interacting with cannabis in that form. I get that, right? But it's also like, you know, it's, it's first gaining the awareness around why. And then the next one is how. So how are you interacting with it? Are you interacting with something like BHO that's made with a solvent like butane or propane or hexane or any of these, you know, solvents that again, you know, they, they remediate it out of there, they remove it out of there. But, you know, again, you've all seen the ads. If you were, you know, around asbestos, you know, call this number, you're entitled to compensation. So how long before we realized that, Hey, we, th what we thought was a small enough PPM of butane available in the medicine that was, you know, safe is now not safe. And so for me, um, I enjoy a dab every once in a great while, but for me, it's only uh solventless, which comes from ice water and pressure. So essentially what I love more than anything is what's called live rosin. So they, they cut the plant down and they cryo freeze it to preserve the terpenes and then they'll make bubble hash out of it and then they'll press the bubble hash in a rosin press which basically is just a, a press that you like either crank or press a button and it presses uh the 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 hash in this in this scenario between two pieces of uh parchment paper or if you're doing it real there's a screen you use and uh then liquid will come out of the sides like this goopy material and that's what i enjoy because that experience is, you know, especially if you're hitting it off of like a really nice clean nail with a really nice quartz banger or something like that, you, you get the most flavorful experience of cannabis, I think available. And so that's why I mean that like, it could be yes and no, right? If you're, I know plenty of people that were interacting with dabs right when they woke up because they 
at such a high tolerance. And it was like, okay, well, you know, is that working for you? Right. If they're, if they believe it's working, then cool, there's nothing to change. Right. But for a lot of people, and they go to DAOs because nothing else is working. And I think that's when it becomes a problem. But if you're a connoisseur, right, and you enjoy interacting with like, a, you know, it's kind of like if someone likes alcohol, they're not an alcoholic, but every once in a while, they want to drink some blue label and just taste the taste of it. That's what I feel is like a yes. And then the more no side is like, well, if you feel like I need to get the effect and I need to essentially numb out whatever's in there and I'm willing to go any way to do it, I think that's when it becomes a no. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So if, if you're going to the dispensary, what kind of, if you're getting a, what should you look for? Yeah. So there's, you know, one of the things that we're actually making is a lead magnet right now, because we feel it's so powerful is, you know, questions to ask your bud tender, because from beginner users to experienced users, like there's not a lot out there in terms of like, you know, again, it's like, just go for the highest THC, right? That's like usually what you see. But at the end of the day, there's so much more to cannabis than that. And I'm not saying that high THC is bad. It's just like, what's your reasoning? Do you have a lot of pain? Okay, cool. Maybe you need something 30 plus percent, right? But if you're looking to be creative, 30%, at least for me, and I know for a lot of people I work with and worked with in the industry is going to blast them and they're going to be couch locked or like paranoid as hell. And they're not going to be able to get what they need to get done, done. So some of the things that I look out for specifically, always see if you can find organic cannabis, right? Like in Colorado, there are some great places in California. There are some great places. Um, again, I don't know the names off the top of my head, but you know, do some research. Like if they're organic, they're going to state it right. Because it's, it's a moneymaker and I'll just say it straight up and it should be right. Because it's, it's craft cannabis is really what it is. And so, you know, if you find a place that does organic cultivation, you know, some great questions to ask is, Hey, um, what method of organic cultivation are you using? Because some people use organic bottled nutrients, which I'm not going to you know, say are bad or good, but I prefer no-till all soil cultivation. And so that's the first question to ask. And then the second one is, you know, this is the one I would ask, but I understand this would be a little weird for some people to ask is like, Hey, who grew this? Like, what are they like? Like, you know, can I meet the grower, which sometimes is not accessible. And I realize that, but really it's just, you know, when you walk into a dispensary, you know, I try to feel out the vibe in there. Like, are the people, the bun tenders really excited to be there? Does it feel like they have some room to be themselves there? Or does it feel like I'm walking into an Apple store, right? Because mm -hmm. for me, my cannabis, I don't want anything to do with the vibe of an Apple store, right? And so that's like kind of the, the feeling I look for when I go in. The, of course, asking if it's organic, um, asking what the, the cannabinoid rating is, um, what the terpene rating is, but you're only going to really know like what to look for in those realms. If you kind of understand yourself with regards to cannabis, and that's what we really made the program for So you could figure out like, Hey, what do I actually like about cannabis? What does it do for me? And a lot of that comes when you take a break the same way that, you know, if you're codependent on a partner, right. And maybe you get frustrated with them often and, and then they leave for a week. And you're like, wow, man, I really miss how they used to make my meals for me. And they used to wake me up and they used to leave me little notes. Like you actually figure out what you love in the absence of that thing. And so that's why I tell everyone, if it's been a while since you've taken a break from cannabis, take three days off and you'll start to really be able to understand what cannabis does for you and write those things down, right? Like figure out and start to have a working relationship because this is a living entity. You can commune with it. You can conversate with it. It's just that most people don't believe they can. And so that's where their relationship events yeah that's freaking awesome advice so for something to be lab labeled organic for a marijuana to be labeled organic does it have to be grown by the sun not necessarily and actually it's not going to be so 
the term organic is going to be challenging too. And I like think about it because uh, I believe the people that have a patent for like the term organic is USDA, it's federal. And so because cannabis isn't federally legal, they have to be really careful of how they use terms. So what I would look for is no till grown. That's one thing. Um, uh, they might use this term, Korean natural farming. Um or like regenerative agriculture, you can ask them like how it was grown. If they say like, oh, it's grown in no-till beds or no-till pots, which essentially means that they're creating a soil and they're putting a mulch layer on top. And over time, they're pretty much mimicking the forest, right? Where no one comes around and tills the forest. What happens is the leaves fall down, they decompose, they create food from all the microorganisms in the soil, and it keeps the whole system going. And so you're essentially replicating the soil food web inside. And so one of the other things, and, and this is something that I don't know anyone else uh, is doing so far with cannabis, except uh, a couple of people in Sweden with hemp. But, um, and this is something that I've been working with uh, different dispensaries on at this point too. And of course, with many cultivators that do at home cultivation is, you know, balancing out, you mentioned the sunlight, right? Of course, the sun is extremely powerful, right? Like I'm never going to say that you can grow cannabis and get the same power as the sun with grow lights. But that being said, Let's, let's talk about what about grow lights is so challenging. It's the EMFs they put off into the plants, right? They make them really buzzy. And that's again, why a lot of people feel this buzzy, like anxious feeling when they interact with cannabis. And so there's a, there's a modality that I do called biogeometry and it's an amazing organization. And essentially, you know, it's a rabbit hole, but if anyone's interested in, you know, they grow inside, but they're looking to balance with their lights, that's a great way to go as well. Now, that's not something you can really check for in a dispensary because no one's going to know what you're talking about yet anyway, but I plan to change that. <laughs> Hell yeah, sweet. Well, dude, that's perfect. Thank you so much for all the good information. I think it's going to help a, a lot of people out because there's not many people out, out, out there like you like teaching about it and that are super knowledgeable about it. So, dude, thanks so much for coming on and I'll definitely put your link tree in the bio and stuff. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Pleasure to be here, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, so excited to connect with your audience. Oh yeah, Ryan. Can't wait to try your medicine too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Okay, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Uh, man, that's good shit, dude. Because half the time I just find weed. No one knows shit about weed. You just smoke it, think it's all the same, but it definitely obviously isn't all the fucking same. Dal, you want to smoke up with me once he sends me some organic stuff? Test it out a little bit. Get a hit. Yeah, that's good. Okay. We're coming up on an hour or 47, sorry. What uh? What do you got going the rest of the day, Jay? Uh, I just got to edit this. Takes me like two hours and hopefully start the um, LA vlog. And then, then training. Train later, yeah. Training tonight should be good. Um. I finally got the the lease or whatever to the new gym. Oof. So everything's looking good for the new gym. I just literally have to find someone to lease out my place, which, which shouldn't be that hard. It's fucking a nice ass place. Storefront, not that expensive. Yeah, yeah I feel <coughs> like that plaza, everybody always hops on it too when there's an empty space. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to go quick, but man, I'm, I'm ready for a lot of work once I get that new gym. But just like the gym we're in now, it took, it was over months that it got to where I wanted to be. Oh, this weekend we're supposed to be going out. Um, this is going to come out tomorrow. So hopefully Sono hasn't landed. Got a little treat for Sono. A little Tyler Tats treat when the limo pulls up. <laughs> yeah. What's the plan for the weekend, I guess? Well, we were supposed to have a, a table in Scottsdale at Riot House, but then the manager texts back and said they want three grand. 
Good thing we didn't post that shit. Huh? Good thing we didn't post that fucking flyer I made. Yeah, which is weird to have Sugar Shane there and putting stories, but. You would think, yeah, like, I know this guy was a club promoter. He hit me up a while, like, hey. And he was, he kind of offered, like, yo, you guys Mm -hmm. can come here and everything. You know what I mean? Free, obviously. Yeah. Three grand. Yeah. Not a big issue, but then we're going to do a a little private showing of the jackass on Saturday and then paintball Saturday morning. Oof. Until that'll be fun. What time is the jackass thing? Five. Five, I think, at the Arrowhead Theater. Okay. It's just like just us in there. I don't know. I fucking have no idea, dude. So that'll be good. Yeah. Jay, so if I find some good organic weed. From my boy Ryan, <laughs> take a little puff, give it a chance. Bro, he'll take, take, a he'll take a little, just blow it out. He's probably just it. smoked trash shit. <laughs> you know I don't know. Saying? I feel like there's. I don't feel like <laughs> not everybody. I feel uh, needs to smoke weed. I wonder like how you feel. Like what about it that you like? Yeah. Because I feel sometimes I talk to Anissa, to I ask her like, how do you feel like? Mm-hmm. What do you like so much about it? Yeah. Like I wonder. if like coffee gives me the same feeling or just naturally like you know what i mean like is it a dopamine type thing that just makes you feel good or like well i think i I forgot who said it i think it was sam harris who said it is like it opens up different neural pathways in your brain so if i'm thinking one way about a subject if i smoke some weed maybe i'll look at that subject a completely different way right for me it helps me some and like i said certain strains help me be way more creative and then just help me more enjoy the moment do you think like there's people that don't need that to oh, to think different i guess to look oh, at it at a different I'm, perspective i'm sure there's different drugs that help do I think that everybody's so different yeah it's hard to say but i mean i'm down to try some organic so you're probably right i just always think about the just being in high school and just smoking weed literally i would almost be like panicking like I would write notes to myself, like, do not smoke weed again. Like, and I try to, like, say, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. how I'm feeling. Yeah. So I remember, like. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe when I get that stuff from him, we'll do a nice low heat on that and mm-hmm. just try it out. Yeah, I'll try it. Might be nice. Get down just fucking stoned as fuck. Big Dally took his. Fr- where, you're on your second class of jiu-jitsu now? That's good. Yes. That's good. The thing about jiu-jitsu is, like, you're guaranteed going to get your ass whooped. And you're yeah. guaranteed to going to be in some uncomfortable situations. But that doesn't mean they're bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you going to stick with it, you think? Yeah, I'm just fucking... I'm just trying to find a rhythm of, like, working out and then going to jiu-jitsu, you know? Yeah. So it's just... And then, like, my work schedule, so it's like, fuck. I feel like... I, th- I feel like for you, I feel like you should just tighten up your diet and do more jiu-jitsu than working out. Yeah, I don't know. I just like being lifting too. Yeah, like, you know, it makes me feel strong. It's a little juice head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he, he I likes like to be like too. Brad. Some you know people like mean? lifting. Do you want to be like Brad? I mean, not as big as Brad, but like a good. He likes that lifestyle. Just, just fucking like solid. Like lift, yeah, lifting heavy. Yeah, and, yeah. Big Brad. <laughs> so, would you rather bench three hundred pounds and squat three fifty and deadlift three fifty, or be a blue belt in jiu-jitsu? Blue belt. Yeah, that's an easy answer, I feel like. Like, at least you can tap somebody out. You at least know, like, something ever happens, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You know? And then you go with you go with a, a, a good blue belt, and then you go grapple with someone really strong. It's like the blue belt feels stronger than the fucking strong guy. I know. Everybody always tells me, you're so fucking strong. And I just laugh in my head. I was like, dude, 
can't lift a hundred pounds. <laughs> and, like, uh, I'm like 139, uh, and everybody's yeah. always like, "You're so fucking strong, strong fucker." I was like, "It's just a grip, it's just technique, though." Yeah. But it, it could be just like my grappling strength, just through the years of grappling. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, knowing where to apply your pressure and when to apply the pressure, it makes you feel just like a fucking tank on top yeah. of you. And good techniques makes people. I remember the first time I went with a black belt. I think I was wasn't even a blue belt yet. I went with a good black belt. I was like, "What the fuck, dude." This guy makes me feel like I'm nothing. He feels so powerful. And I was I knew I was stronger than him weightlifting wise, but he's just so ahead of me on the moves. He made me feel just worthless. Yeah, it's wild how how clueless people are. And I always think about it too cuz sometimes like we'll uh, we'll see like someone else that like does jujitsu out and about mm-hmm. and then I'll tell Dell like, "Yeah, he's a purple belt or he's a brown belt." And Dell's like, "Damn, I would have never knew he could like fuck me up." Yeah. yeah. So it's wild like Sometimes how clueless people are too, you know, like if you they never see, know. yeah, um, to fighting in general. Is your, uh, your dog babe or is it Rue. potty trained? Uh, she's starting to go more on her pads now. Sometimes she'll slip up, but do you beat her? No, I just, <laughs> it's hard. I, don't know, it's hard I watch videos and stuff. I watch videos and they said like, don't like fucking beat them because they're going to get confused and think that just peeing or pooping in general is bad. Yeah. So they're going to be like trying to hide the poo and pee type thing. I don't know. But it's weird, though, Makes because it, we can't, like, put her out yet because she doesn't have all her shots. Mm-hmm. So we just, I don't know. Hopefully when she gets all her shots and we start taking her outside, obviously, like. Yeah, definitely, probably, because in apartments, it's a little bit harder to potty train a, a puppy. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for me, too, to spank puppies. But I remember seeing, I think most people just go off how they saw their parents disciplining yeah. a puppy like putting their nose in their oh, piss yeah. and you know what like, i was thinking too is like nobody ever like obviously teaches you how to raise a pup you know what i mean like remember back then they didn't have like fuck youtube and shit like that so it's yeah like, and i feel like that's why a lot of puppies or dogs are just like kind of crazy i think like my first first dog i just i was a kid i had it like I, it wasn't intended to be my dog either mm-hmm. it was like give gave to me like i don't know it was like through my ex and stuff like that so like i didn't want to raise a dog you know and then my mom ended up keeping it but yeah there there has to be like some structure to it because if not they're just gonna be super crazy and you just can't even take them anywhere you know yeah. so that's why with this pup i want to like make sure she's trained good and i can just take her wherever and she's good yeah but i feel sure. like frenchies are more laid back though so are they sure yeah now she's crazy bro. right now she, yeah, she's just super hyper like a little pup going everywhere down never had cool. a dog yeah I, never, I had one but like just kept them outside, outside in the and didn't really know summer how to like, raise them and shit, you know? Damn, that's what I was thinking for I you. Want get... little, I just want a little dog. Just a like... little ferret. No. <laughs> Why? Ferret. I want a dog, not like a ferret. You know what the What's wrong think? with a ferret? I just don't. It's not my style. <laughs> my you, style. you look like a ferret. <laughs> no, guy. I don't. You guys are just get a little gerbil. Yeah, no, or would, a little iguana. No, I wouldn't. That'd be sick. I would just be like, here you guys go. You guys can have a bag. All those birds those <laughs> birds that mock you. No, that'd even be worse. <laughs> little bird that talks shit. And then I'm all fucking a girl. He's all, she's all, repeat, he's all repeating the same shit yeah. he does. <laughs> Daddy. Yeah. Daddy. Daddy. Too early. Too early. <laughs> I don't need that. Did you ever want another like weird type of animal? I never was like. I thought you have a snake. When Maybe I was like a, a kid, turtle. I had a couple like uh, of those $7 lizards. The ones <laughs> that the tails fall off and. And then, uh, and then they grow them back. But then, one of my lizards jumped into the furnace. Whoa, that's fucking gnarly, huh? That's scary. Another one of my lizards, my stepmom left out in the sun. Dude, the other fucking like a torched him. It's wild because I've seen a video where something like it kills a baby or something or scratch up the face. Ooh, mean Fuck little that. ferret. Yeah. 
That doesn't mean every ferret's like that. My oh, grandpa no, used to have ferrets. <laughs> they just fucking squirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, snakes freak me out. Yeah, do they? Why? I do. I hate They're snakes, so fucking bro. weird. What do you hate about them? You can stomp them. They'll yeah, then they just bite, bite you. you real quick. See, They're slick. Reptiles like that don't really. What scares you? A buffalo? A buffalo. <laughs> what scares me? I feel like he would like a buffalo. Buffalo cheese. Fucking a grizzly bear. Really? Yeah. My Why? dad got charged by a grizzly bear one time. He was in he was in Yellowstone National Park and he had a moose tag for a moose and all his buddies saw this encounter and I don't however many yards away he saw kind of a butt sticking out of the tree so he's like oh there's a moose right there and made a noise and it turned around and it was a grizzly oh, and it started sprinting at him full blast and those fucking grizzlies can haul ass yeah. so it's sprinting at him and he he pulls up and he knows he has one shot and some gri grizzlies you can't shoot in the skull because it'll fucking ricochet off and won't even penetrate. So thick. But my dad had one shot. This thing sprinting at him, probably twenty yards away, hits him right here, boom. And his buddies were up on a mountain watching it with their with their binoculars, and <laughs> the fucking and the grizzly just tumbled right in front of him. Wow! Damn. Imagine if you would have just missed. And like, Imagine oh. your dad was dead right now, dude. Should have been. It's it crazy. was like in the paper and some magazines, and they had like a picture of the the bear's paw. And Did you ever see the Revenant with Leo? Leonardo DiCaprio. I think I did. That was kind of like the sick, huh? That was a fucking good ass show. That. I gotta watch that. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's always called shows. You movies, always do that. Or movie shows. <laughs> yeah. It's okay though. Just old school with it. God, I wish I wish I had my conversations with my mom recorded so bad, dude. She deep or what? They are deep. They're but she's fun because she will debate with me the religion stuff, but she's so fucking brainwashed into that religion <laughs> it's insane let's bring her on the pod you think she's brainwashed but she still like is a good, has a good heart you bro know she mean? has the best heart she's, she's literally the best person which is like fuck it like let him live i guess you know yeah but but a lot of her life's being held back because of this religion mm. her husband her her current ex-husband has to admit that he wasn't faithful for her uh, he was unfaithful to her for her to be able to remarry according to the religion mm. And she hasn't talked to him. He's a fucking douchebag. He's a psychopath. And it's not like he's going to go to the religion and say, yes, I was unfaithful. That's never going to happen. So now she can't move on with her life because of that little rule. Well, Dal, Dal wants a, a Christian girl, I think, a Catholic girl. Do you? Well, he's raised that way. I was raised, yeah, well, we talked about this. So <laughs> do you pray? <laughs> no, I don't pray anymore, to be honest. Really? <laughs> Well, wow. if I, Talk about a slap I mean, in the even face. Even if I really need something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep it a bug. He only asks God when he yeah, needs yeah. something. You know what I mean? That's like, a pretty sick relationship. It is. A little new pair of Nikes or something. <laughs> Some puss. <laughs> need the Tesla. Some puss, yeah. <laughs> Ramp for the Tesla. Oh, shit. For real. He going to hate me, G. He going to hate me. Am I good nah, at nah, nah. He knows you're a good person. <laughs> but, dude, yeah, I wish I could record one of those conversations. She's going to come down and visit in a month. I'll have her sit in on the pod. It'll be, be fun. Fire. But, dude, the, 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 the organization, any question you have to one of their rules, they, you can pull it up on JW.org, and they have the answer to it, the religious answer to whatever question you have. Damn. I'm like, this fucking, it took a smart person to get all that in order. I know. Like, cults and stuff do kind of always, like, fascinate me because, like, it's, like, a big psychology fuck. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But that's, I like it because that's how brands are. Like, I like the psychology of, like, when a big brand takes off because it's kind of cult-like, you know, if you mm -hmm. think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is fucking crazy. I'm like, Mom, some of these rules are so outdated. They sound crazy. 
and she just always has like some comeback but she's always pretty open-minded she she'll listen to me but that 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 counter that block in her brain of like nope counter it come on come on because their hope in in jehovah's witnesses their hope is to bring their loved ones back into the church just th that's the hope because then the loved ones will have everlasting life in paradise and the 144,000 that are already chosen will go to heaven or whatever. Because was her mom like that, your grandma? Yeah. They're, her parents were religious too. So it was just like, oh, fuck. Just Damn. all about the next life, all about paradise. The end's coming. The end's coming here soon. And yeah, this life sucks, but whatever. But the everlasting life's coming. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, that's kind of wild. It is fucking Cause wild. Because I've heard the opposite where it's like, well, we are in heaven right now. <laughs> yeah. Like right now, this is heaven type of thing. Yeah. Depends on your perspective. <laughs> mm, but it's fun talking to religious people that are willing to talk with you and debate. Yeah, yeah. Compared to religious people like, no, you whatever your beliefs, that's your beliefs. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she gets hot-headed or mad or anything. Yeah. She just kind of like... But I told her too, I said, Mom, so this is your belief now. So you're shutting off every opposing view of everything. You're shutting it off. You're not even going to look at it. You're not even going to entertain it. The only site you're going to look at is JW.org. Oh, my God. If you really want to learn about something, I feel like you want to look at both sides, the opposing views, the the person that was an elder for 40 years and now isn't a Jehovah's Witness, what he says about it, and the people that are in it, and yeah. maybe and maybe weigh it out a little bit. I but. wonder how Dal's mom would be, too, because Dal's mom's super, like, religious. Does she too. go to church? She goes to church every Sunday, bro. Or if she wasn't able to go to church when COVID hit, she'd watch it on TV. Yeah. That's fire. It's the o the older generation. Yeah, my I grandparents guess. are super heavy into that shit, bro. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good episode so far. RHR twenty five. We're growing slowly, and it's been fun. Uh, Patreon dot com slash Red Hawk Academy. If you want to support the show, if not, just like and subscribe. That helps out a lot too. But on Patreon, we we're putting up shit every week. Discounts on the merch. Um, you get access to the Discord. Um, some training tutorials, but the archive goes back years. There's shitload of stuff on there from when sugar and sugar was coming up. There's a bunch of stuff on there that'll never go on YouTube. That's just archived on there. So if you subscribe, it's easy three, five, or ten dollars, then you get access to all that stuff. So if you want to support it, check it out. If not, no biggie. Uh, all right, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Peace. Peter, gonna shuffle in. I'm gonna throw it.